Hello everyone, welcome to episode 12 of the Godzilla Roundtable. As always, I am joined by... Ton here, Winchmore. And Crash. And... And Crash. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And of course, as always, I am Mulder, otherwise known as Faye. And today, we have a very special guest. We have the founder of Something Ghoulish, a site which I write for, and have, and that's also the co-host of Ghoulish Cast, Anthony Derrington. Hi, thank you guys for having me on. Um, I'm I'm very excited to talk all things monsters with you. Mm -hmm. Or as I call Anthony, my <laughs> boss. <laughs> I, I, I try and be a good boss, you know. <laughs> you succeed, you succeed. Um, I feel like the I think the only time I got scolded was last Sunday when I overslept, and I'm still kicking myself over that. <laughs> well, you know, it, it it all happens to some of us sometimes. You know, sleep gets the best of us. <laughs> sleep is useless. I oh no, it. no, but, no! <laughs> but I can make a whole podcast. On I could sleep for a week right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair and fitting, honestly. Indeed. Anyway, so Anthony, with all of our guests, we we start off by asking them how they got into Godzilla. So, Anthony, how did you get in Godzilla? I have a feeling it's tied to one of our prior guests. Um, a great perhaps. So, um, <laughs> when I was um in in kind of middle school and high school, um, I I've told this story somewhat often, but I kind of started my venture into discovering movies. I would like record films on on television. Um, I would watch you know YouTube videos and just kind of learn things and get recommendations from people at our local video store. Um, and mm -hmm. actually, um, of, of course, like uh, Godzilla was such this big prominent thing, and um, I was like, all right, well, I I want to watch Godzilla movies. So where do I start? And, you know, where do you start with Godzilla? You start at the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I went to my local video store um, and I bought a copy of Gojira. Actually, it's, um, mm -hmm. I forgot the series that it was. It was a, it was like a silver backed um, casing. Are, oh, yeah. I know, I know. So I, I picked up that one and then I picked up, um, I believe, um, Invasion of Astro Monster. Um, mm -hmm. and those were the first ones that I, that I ever bought. It was kind of on my own volition and I, I still have that to this day. And from there I've, uh, mm -hmm. I've definitely, I've learned a lot more when it comes to the kaiju genre. I've fallen in love, um, with, I, I will say one of, one of my favorites of, uh, the Godzilla series is, uh, Final Wars. Cause it's just oh, nonsense boy. and wonderful. <laughs> um, Crash, at this point, you've heard so much about Final Wars now. Um, and yeah, since then, it's, uh, you know, I later on, I befriended Chris, um, who who's the mm -hmm. host of Gargantu Cast. Um, we have been friends for a while now, and um, mm -hmm. we brought... And and two, we also had on for the mm -hmm. monsters, and we uh we we brought Chris under our network. Um, and since like befriending Chris, you know, I, I've learned way way more because uh, but before the show started, we said like he has such a 
encyclopedic knowledge of kaiju um that sometimes yeah. i'm just you know my my eyes are rolling around in the back of my head i was like i have no idea what you're saying but i'm i'm learning i'm, I'm getting there <laughs> so i'm a, i'm definitely a big monster fan um but i'm mm. kind of on my on my way to to learning more so i'm excited to kind of learn mm. more with all of you today that that's a that's a great sum up and for once because I feel like a lot of our prior guests have been like major Godzilla fans, like more like my level. So I think it's fun for once that Crash has a buddy and, and someone who, who's, who's newer. I should say uh, for the audience, obviously, my, my specialty is kind of horror. Um, so hopefully mm -hmm. I'll still be able to bring some kind of outside perspective to our conversation today. Yeah, which is a great lead in to the movie we're talking about today, which is Godzilla vs. Guy again from 1972. And I guess as always, we'll start off with our ratings. Crash, because I know I know you like this one a lot. What would you rate it out Probably of ten? Probably an eight out of ten. I'd say. Mm -hmm. I Wow, that's high for you. <laughs> oh, I like how that's high for me. Yeah, I, I really like yeah. it. It felt kinda of like a nice impression for me. Mm -hmm. the other ones I've seen, yeah. You know, last few weeks. And I just had so much yeah. fun. It's just a fun movie. Yep. Ton, what would what would you rate it out of ten? Um, even even though I peek at your letterbox every week, so I, I already know the answer. Yeah, it's a seven out of ten for me. Um, it's very well made. It's enjoyable. I, mm -hmm. I always enjoy, like when I watch it. And last but not least, Anthony, what would you rate Godzilla vs. Guy? Ooh, uh, this might be spicy, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I I think I'm gonna give it um, uh, four four and a half out of out of ten. Whoa. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> That's the first... again. <laughs> this is the first time ever we've had a guest dislike a movie while we like it. And, and, and I, I, I want to say, I, it's not that I I dislike. Um, it's just comparatively to other Godzilla <laughs> films, you know. Um, but we can get into that later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, and for me, it's an eight out of ten. I have a lot of nostalgia for this one because this was the second ever Godzilla movie I saw. Mm behind only Godzilla 2000, which was my first one. So I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Like, I can acknowledge its flaws, but I still think it's overall really well-made and really enjoyable mm -hmm. film. Which leads us into, of course, just starting off our, our discussion. First thing I want to say is Jun Fukuda's back. Who, because, and he, we haven't seen him since some Godzilla, which, of course, as you know, he was director for Ibra, and like I just said, Sun. So Jun Fukuda's back in the director's seat. Ashiro Honda once more is stepping away from the franchise like he did for a bit, but this time his absence will be a lot longer. Um, so yeah, so Jun Fukuda came back in to tackle this movie, and they had a lot of issues. Toho, by this point, was having budget issues big time because of, of the collapse of the Japanese film industry, to the point where in 1970, they had to let go of all of their actors who they had on, on salary, which is why, from this point forward, and even before with Hedora, you will not see any returning actors such as Akira Takarada showing up in these films like we used to see consistently. And you can really see this in how much stock footage that is in, that is in this film, even if it's masked decently well, and how tattered some of the suits look, such as King Ghidorah and, and Godzilla. So, so for Crash, did the stock footage take away from the film for you? Uh, the only time... I really noticed the stock footage was when they were talking about Monster Island. And I was like, this is just yeah. the opening of Destroy Island. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I forget, was yeah. 
<laughs> was Godzilla mm-hmm. getting fucking shot in the dick? Was that stock footage too? <laughs> Okay, yes, that I knew was it looked, from it looked really similar. <laughs> okay, that those yeah. two are the only times I really noticed it, but I felt other than that, I I noticed it, I guess, as a parent. Mm-hmm. Which is which is which is fine because I, that's obviously what they what they wanted it to be. Like they even darkened the footage so it tries to fit the nighttime setting. But I know that's been a complaint of people. So I was curious how you feel. Ton, how do you feel about the stock footage? Um like with Crash, um, mm-hmm. I was, it's the most egregious one is definitely the Monster Island scene where you see all the mm-hmm. monsters. Um, stock footage, like I've said before, because I'm an anime fan, that just happens so often <laughs> in animes. And in yeah. animes, it's super egregious. So really well edited stock footage like in this movie. I honestly don't mind all that much. Mm-hmm. So it works for me. Before I get before I get to Mr. Debbie Downer, <laughs> I'll start. I I think the stock footage here is is actually probably the best of the Godzilla films, especially compared to what you see in the next movie. <laughs> oh man, go on. But I'll I'll save that for the next episode. But I feel like they really mesh it well, especially because this wasn't really something they wanted to do. It was sadly a result of budget reasons and just the Japanese film industry, film industry starting to collapse. I feel like they make it work with what they have, even if you can kind of see the scene, especially if you watch them back to back like what we've been doing. But I remember as a kid, with this being my second film, I really didn't care because I hadn't seen all the movies that Stockbridge has come from. So I feel like that's also part of it too, because of course by this point in time, these films were intended for mm-hmm. children. All right, all right, Mr. Dick Downer, <laughs> unload. Um, I honestly do not mind the stock footage as much. Um, I think <laughs> it's a kind of a subtle way, especially if you're not as um attuned with the Godzilla series, um, to to kind of get a glimpse at all the monsters that exist in this world, right? Um, <laughs> I think it's just a nice, quick way to kind of. Like, oh, Monster Island exists and all these other creatures, even if we mm-hmm. see Mina for like half a second, which which <laughs> is, you know, accounts for most of my negative score. <laughs> I, I only kid. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really didn't mind it as much. Um, and it's unfortunate, though, that the, the film had to cut budgets. And I feel um, once you understand that it is stock footage and you get kind of progressively further into the film, you you start to see mm-hmm. all the corners that are slowly being kind of cut off. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And I think I'll start with our thoughts on the titular monster of Gigan. Ton, do you want to go first on how you feel about Gigan? Uh, sure. I can give my opinion. So Gigan <laughs> is definitely one of those kaiju where he's peak different. He's mm-hmm. probably the most unique kaiju you've seen so far. He's just really unnatural. And probably one of those ones that I feel like people think is kind of silly because you really don't yeah. see him that much in the franchise after this. Mm-hmm. He kind of disappears besides mm-hmm. for like cameos and stuff. Yeah. And it's both understandable and kind of a shame. Like, I feel like either love Gigan or you think he's weird (laughs) (laughs) I I personally like him but Mm -hmm. he's definitely not like the best kaiju in my opinion Mm -hmm. but he's a fun alright because because Ton decided to unload on the poor space chicken (laughs) I'll let 
I'll, I'll, I'll let Anthony go next because I, I know Crash will have more positive things to say. <laughs> um, I actually, I, I really love the design of Gigan, and I think Gigan mm-hmm. is kind of a perfect example of what Godzilla monsters can be and, and what kaiju can be. Mm-hmm. Is like Gigan's completely devoid of realism, right? Um, like yeah. he's they it is completely alien in 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 every aspect mm-hmm. it has like this you know almost like bird like beak with like these weird beetle yeah. pincers and then this moving mm-hmm. blade on its body and then this weird like cyclops eye like it sounds yeah. absolutely absurd on paper but when you see it on film it's it shows kind of like the full extent of what a monster can be and how fun, you know, some of the creature designers, um, you know, went with it. Mm-hmm. Crash, what do you think of guy again? <laughs> um, I should say, well, before we watched this one, you posted, you posted the poster man in the chat. And I was yeah. like, he looks like he has a hard time doing anything. Fighting, <laughs> you know, his little like, pincer claws and stuff. And yeah. as we saw in the movie... That's pretty much what he is. He's he's like a perfect kind of killing machine. You know, like Anthony yeah. was saying, he's got like he's like giant pincer. He's got a fucking razor on his back that's that slices <laughs> Godzilla at times. Yeah, and he's super kind of vicious. And I yeah. I like that. I <laughs> you know me, I like a lot of silly stuff. And so seeing Guy, yeah. I was like, no, he's so silly. He's cool. I like it. <laughs> I like his cool he's got like the fact he has a razor mm. blade in his back. <laughs> Like the fact he's got mm-hmm. an anti-gravity organ, <laughs> yeah, and all the, like I think he's a really cool monster. I hope to see him more, mm-hmm. even though guys kind of dashed. That. He 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 does show up two more times, Crash. Okay. So don't worry, you'll see him again. Yeah, I think. Um, for, I say, I think oh, sorry, go on. That's kind of what I'm excited to see with Godzilla. See more unique mm-hmm. monsters like that that stand yeah. out. Yeah, as a child of the 2000s. I have a lot of fondness for a guy again, beyond just seeing the movie and liking it. Um, he was a mainstay of the Pipeworks Godzilla fighting games. <laughs> so I have a lot of nostalgia for a guy again. Like, yeah, he's a little bit silly, but he also kind of reminds me of like a 90s edgelord kind of character because he's just covered in blades and weapons. <laughs> and I just kind of love it. Like, he definitely is a little bit silly, but also when you know like his backstory that they gave him, that he says that he's a space dinosaur who was forcibly turned into a cyborg weapon for the aliens. He does get a bit of a tragic element to him, I feel like. Yeah. And I true. kind of... Oh, sorry. Go on, Tom. Oh, which is really interesting. With him. Mm-hmm. So I do enjoy that element. I also like him being buddy-buddy with King Ghidorah just because I think... Just because I think King Ghidorah having, like, like this friend to help him fight Godzilla is just a really fun concept. And I wish they would team them up more because they never team up again after this, unfortunately. Oh, I know, right? But it is also really funny that with Gigan to add that he dies canonically in the fucking Ultraman ripoff show they made. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they imagine getting killed off. <laughs> Such a downgrade. Like, that I know, right? That's like um if in if in one of the oh, Marvel yeah. shows, they killed like Captain they, America, they, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really what it's like <laughs> to go from being a titular monster to being killed off in a TV show is just really funny to me. Poor guy. <laughs> which uh, which I guess speaking of King Adora leads into my next point. 
this would be King Ghidorah's final appearance in this era of the franchise. And um, you can kind of tell that because at this point, sadly, Eiji Subarai had passed away and was no longer involved, of course. Um, that You could tell that the puppeteering that used to go into King Ghidorah is not there, and he's very <laughs> stiff now. Is his next but, uh, point yeah. straightforward is this one. I'm missing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, Crash, what you thought of King Ghidorah's final outing for this era of Godzilla. Well, I thought it was fitting. It was fitting. Mm-hmm. usual, I was saying, Ghidorah's just a fucking dick. He's an asshole. <laughs> so it's cool to see him come back and, you know, harass Godzilla some more, harass the town, per mm-hmm. usual. And he always brings that sense of viciousness. He's... He's just evil. He's always just out to destroy everything and everything. So mm-hmm. they always they kept that consistent. I think for a final alley in this era, I think it works. It's cool. It's cool to see him stand yeah. a chance again compared to like destroy all monsters where he just got Yeah, not wrong, because that is basically what happened to Ton, what do you think of King Doris final outing? Um, yeah, I I would agree with Crash. It was, it, King Ghidorah is always nice to see. He's kind of like the Joker to Bat- uh, Guzzle's Batman. Mm-hmm. And um, here, seeing him team up with a buddy is fun because usually for the last, I think, well, three every films. T- yeah. two last three yeah. films he shown up, he gets swarmed by a team of monsters <laughs> and beat, gets beat up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's nice for him to bring a friend along. Um, the stiffness um, is kind of a shame, but at the same time, we take into the constraints into account, and also the fact that um, King Ador mm-hmm. always kind of just had this unnatural feeling to him. It yeah. still works for the character, <laughs> so it's always nice to see a little KG. Yep, Anthony, do you have any thoughts on King Ador's final appearance in the show? Um, I think it's a little unfortunate that the effects weren't up to par all too much when it comes to Ghidorah in this one. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah. the the stiffness and the puppetry um, really hurt the film, in my opinion. Just kind of seeing mm-hmm. this, you know, almost like action figure version just kind of twirl around in the sky um, was unfortunate. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, as, as cool of a monster that Ghidorah is, I I'd love I would have loved to see kind of um I don't know more of a fluid more of a dynamic um you know puppetry mm-hmm. or, or costume out of uh, his final appearance in this era but you know it is what it is yeah I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say I agree I think on the ground he looks good you know he's walking around but like, mm-hmm. wow, yeah that's when it's just kind of like it's like see the streets moving very action yeah. Yeah. yeah well the flying scene also has the worst case of scale being off. Because of one guy again, King Ghidorah fly around Godzilla Tower. Oh, yeah. They're way too fucking small. <laughs> and they're just like swirling around. And and they're way too small. They should be the size of Godzilla Tower, but they're like, yeah, there's like half tiny half compared to. Huh. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but the skill was incredibly off in that scene. Which leads us to another returning monster this time, who probably has his biggest break in this film. <laughs> and this is the film that really makes him my favorites. It's Angiris. <laughs> yeah. And what and what a redemption arc he's had in Crash's in Crash's eyes. <laughs> so I'll let Crash go first once again. <laughs> what did you think of Angiris in this film, Crash? Um, so for everything I've heard from Godzilla community is like Angiris is one of Godzilla's best friends. And up until this point I was like, I don't really see it. First time they met, they beat each other. <laughs> and second time, he was just kind of chilling in the background. But then here's mm-hmm. when, you know, they finally have that team up. They're working together the whole film. 
helping out each other mm-hmm. and fighting together. And I was like, okay, I see, I see how this works. <laughs> I like this. And obviously, he had such a massive blow up with the strong monsters. So seeing him here yeah. design is awesome. Here. It's so nice. And it really is. Coolest fucking move I've ever seen. Dang, that was lame. It's fucking like <laughs> his physics defying back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I loved it. All right, Ton, what did you think of Angiris in this movie? Yeah, like Crash said, this is really oh, <laughs> Angiris' breakout movie. This is where he really gets that reputation as Godzilla's friend. Mm-hmm. Though, honestly, at times, Godzilla kind of feels like Angiris is a <laughs> bossy neighbor. <laughs> he just kind of sends him to do Don't stuff. Poor Angerus is getting sh- going to Japan and then getting shot at after they called him. <laughs> very rude. But um, overall, yeah, I just uh, I love Angerus. He's a classic. Mm-hmm. He's such a simple concept, but he works so well. I he does. See him, so, yeah. Since I realized I forgot to say my thoughts on King Ghidorah, I'll go first here and include my King Ghidorah thoughts. Um, I have a lot of nostalgia for Godzilla vs. Guy against King Ghidorah, just because of the fact that that was my first ever time seeing him in a movie, and I actually picked the Godzilla vs. Guy again because I wanted to see a King Ghidorah movie as a kid. So I do have nostalgia for it. He's definitely done better in like Ghidorah and Astro Monster, but I don't think he's done too bad. Like I definitely don't think it's the worst we've seen Ghidorah. And in terms of Angiris, this is really the movie, the movie that makes him my fifth favorite Godzilla monster and my favorite like Godzilla ally, just because I really like like the chemistry him and Godzilla have. He also has so much personality in this movie. Like I love when he runs straight into Gigan's buzzsaw to try to save Godzilla, even though he gets cut the fuck up by it. And like you said, Crash, he has so many cool moves. Like when he fucking back leaps into, into King Ghidorah. He's like six times. Yeah. Yeah. It's re- it's really fun, and I really like the, like the energy he has. Anthony, do you have any thoughts on Angiris? Uh, yeah, I I really love actually the characterization, kind of what you were saying of Angiris in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we finally get to see more of kind of a full, uh, maybe not perspective is the right word, but kind of a more I guess mm-hmm. dynamic interaction from Angiris in this. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the fighting is yeah. absolutely ludicrous, and I love it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think. Um, this design I, I'm pretty favorable to as well. Yeah, same. It's my favorite Angiris design we got. And because it got mentioned, what do you all think of Godzilla and Angiris talking to this? <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they just have it's, a casual conversation. It's like, hey, what's up? Check that out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry up. Yeah, I I mean, uh, this was one of the first times I ever experienced Godzilla characters, um, like, having speech bubbles Mm -hmm. and kind of going through this, like, Animal Crossing, like, (laughs) discussion. Um, So I I was a little lost on that front, um, and I I guess I was just a little confused more than anything else. I was like, this is ridiculous. This is so silly. you know, and then of course, like later on in the film, it honestly takes kind of like a darker turn, it, it which is like a, almost mm-hmm. like a strange juxtaposition for you know most of the film because the final battle in this mm-hmm. is you know insane. 
so so yeah. the comic you know comic bubbles is uh, definitely yeah. caught me off guard and I, though i feel like i i have an interesting thought on that i feel like it's kind of interesting because you have the main character being a manga right artist. so it's kind of a fun tie there anyways ton do you have any thoughts on them talking yeah like the f- last few times it happened i kind of prefer when it's just kind of implied they talk but <laughs> then have literal speech bubbles but <laughs> at the same time considering like the audience this was made for i'm kind of curious how mm-hmm. much kids in japan like the idea of godzilla talking Mm-hmm. whether they found it like cute or if they were kind of like why is Godzilla talking <laughs> <laughs> like we are now but yeah um, it, it's just one of those Showa tropes that's like yeah. you know I, I'm i not it's not my favorite and it feels in a more serious movie it annoy me but here it's, it's I, 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 I like it yeah it's definitely mm-hmm. dang but I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Maybe it's really funny. Danker Quinn. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, and I guess that leads me into my next talking point, which is the characters of the film. And I have to say, this is my favorite cast in a Godzilla film. I find them all so likable. Like, they have the Scooby-Doo gang kind <laughs> of feeling, like the characters in, in Ibra had. And, like, we were joking around, like, um, uh, his... Oh, my agent feels like Tifa from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> she just came and she saved him pretty much in that one scene. Yeah. She's so badass with this. She fucking kicks everyone's ass as long as, it, as they don't have guns. <laughs> so what did you so what did you think of, of the characters, Don? Um I feel like the alien invasion Godzilla movies always kind of mm-hmm. have a more um established human cast than mm-hmm. some of the others so here uh, they have a lot of charm to them like i love when they capture the um when uh, the man- manga artist gets captured yeah. by the um two industrial spies hurt the guy pretends a piece of corn is a <laughs> I, just, I just always kills me. yeah <laughs> it's so funny later. yeah they, they just have so much charm and for a movie with kind of a more comedic tone, the the slapstick really works well. It just some of the excellent jokes, like yeah, how he uh, mm-hmm. has like the main character has these two OC kaiju he pitches. One mm-hmm. is a um, a, a homework monster, yeah, and then uh, oh Barry mod. Over yeah. on Mama God, and he based yeah. it off his his <laughs> Yeah, it's just so funny. So I I, I like the human casting this a lot. Same. I think they're pretty well acted too, considering the fact that these are all newbie actors, and with one actress having a shall we say raunchy past, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't want to get into before before we'll get demonetized by YouTube. <laughs> but uh, she had an interesting career. His his manager's actress and all. So, um, Anthony, what did you think of the human cast? Um, I'll have to agree with Ton on this one. I I thought they were all very engaging. Um, I think <laughs> you know for the audience that this was directed towards, they were all very electric. They were all very poppy. Um, they I yeah. definitely was entertained by their performances. Um, and even you know as like the kind of manga being the focus, they all felt very 
cartoony. They, you know, they they yeah. had great energy and chemistry between them. Even the villains, you could see the, you know, you could see them being the villains a mile away, but just kind of have yeah. having this Japanese version of the twirling mustache villain was, you know, yeah. so comedic and perfect. It really is. I really enjoy this cast. Crash, what did you think of the cast? I was going to say, I feel like one consistent factor with Lilith I always really like is that when they usually have a really good human cast. And here, I think mm-hmm. that's also really clever. They're super endearing and they're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, like you said, they got that whole Scooby Doo vibe going on. <laughs> the whole mystery yeah. aspect is fun. They're trying to figure this stuff out. Which I really love. I have to say, because you brought it up, I really love the mystery that they set up in the first half and them having to solve what's going on. Yeah. I just think it's really fun. Maybe it's because I'm a fan of mystery films and, and the mystery genre. I always like when genre films mix that in where you're solving it with the characters, but that's just me. Sorry, Crash, yeah. go on. And, you know, obviously the manga artist are like, <laughs> it's just cool to see that. And there's mm-hmm. a really endearing human cast. It's like, you know, we're always going to love the monsters doing what they love, but at the same time, you know, if you have the humans also endearing, it makes it like the whole Fun time to yeah, it makes it more fun if you're not just waiting for yeah, monster action. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us, because Anthony brought it up, to the aliens oh, in this man. film, the, the M Space Hunter Nebulans. <laughs> Anthony, I know you have a lot of thoughts on them. What did you think of the cockroach aliens? Well, why are they cockroaches? <laughs> well, that's actually tied. That's actually tied into the Sims, though. But I'll say that for one. We, about the Sims. I was watching it with a friend of mine. Um, it, we were watching it on the couch, mm-hmm. and then it was the moment where like the the big beam fell on uh, the one of the main villains, and then they transformed into the cockroach, mm-hmm. and they're just kind of squealing there with their with their arms wriggling about. And we both oh looked God. at each other, and we we're just screamed like, "What's going on? <laughs> Why are they cockroaches?" <laughs> Well, they do reveal it earlier. Um, when right, they, they, they have the they silhouette. The it's almost like the classic kind yeah. of a devil trope in media where you see like the evil shadow yeah. silhouette, um, which it, mm-hmm. it's it's so sci-fi and silly and such a fun trope. Um, but it was just, yeah. I, I think the best word uh, or phrase I should say to, to sum up my feelings towards Godzilla vs. Gigan is caught off guard. <laughs> I just wasn't ready for probably most of this film. <laughs> Ton, what did you think of the aliens? Um, so once again in the Godzilla, alien beings have are causing trouble on Earth. And this time around we have giant cockroaches, which is both disgusting or very nasty. Also, uh, I I actually mm-hmm. like the space hunter hunter nebulans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just call them space bugs. I like the space <laughs> bugs better than the aliens and destroy all monsters. Mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of have a bit more menace to them, being yeah. having like the taking people's identities, um, mm-hmm. kind of having that psychic powers, and then the fact that they're just so aggressive, like. They're very e- eager to kill with their ray guns to the point that they got blown up by a picture trying to kill them. <laughs> and <laughs> and just sometimes with Godzilla movies, I always find myself thinking, like, what went on behind the scenes? I just love the idea that someone had got their two little cockroaches out of their bug collection and then put a bunch of <laughs> metal pieces on top of them. Metal <laughs> <for a bit. laughs> 
<laughs> while they recorded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a funny mental image. So I, I, I like them a lot. They're they're fun guys. All right, Crash, what do you think of the aliens before um, I go? <laughs> like I said, with the reveal of them being bugs, really caught me off guard and making me laugh. These <laughs> giant sentient roaches. And, you know, when they're dying and they're going like, how did it come to this? <laughs> wriggling around, you know, having this like deep conversation while they're cockroaches. It made me laugh so hard. I couldn't get over it. Uh, but yeah, I, when they're not cockroaches, they're pretty menacing. They have a good plan for mm-hmm. them. They're pretty good at keeping it going, you know, stealing people's identities. You know? Yeah. And they're, yeah, I guess I would say they're better than the Destroyer Monsters ones too. Those ones are mm-hmm. <laughs> but at least they're not sentient rocks. <laughs> For me, I really like Space Hunter M aliens, especially because of their ties to the somatic elements of this film, which I know is surprising it has them, but it does have them. And I so and I think that that's a, a cool way to make them feel more relevant than as much as I like this movie, the Keelax Industrial Monsters definitely are yeah are there i guess i feel they don't have as much somatic relevance compared to the zillions or here with the space hunter yeah (laughs) yeah compared to the space hunter m um uh nebulans which i guess brings me to my next talking about which the seems this movie and of course the big one is that technology can be used for evil of course as they throw in in the obligatory godzilla moral moral at the end of the movie (laughs) Where they say what the moral is. <laughs> it's good if you're writing an essay. Mm. Like, what is. Just skip to the end. And with Godzilla versus Gigan, really, you feel like you have that technology message in a lot of ways. Like you have with Gigan, who's a cyborg monster, you have with Godzilla Tower, and then you have it with Space Hunter M. Nebulans, who are the survivors of an Earth like planet. Who evolved after the original human-like um, uh, descendants or inhabitants died out, and were replaced by cockroach-like beings who who evolved to become sapient. And I think that's a cool way to tie it in. I also like how it goes back to to Hedorah, like I was saying when we watched this, how that planet was destroyed by a mix of nuclear war and pollution. Basically, the two big themes that the Godzilla franchise had explored by this point. So I do think that's interesting how they're kind of a summary of everything so far semantically. Yeah, if it's mm-hmm. do you guys have any thoughts on that? If anyone wants to go first. Um I do like how this kinda like ties into a similar theme as Godzilla versus Hedera. Mm-hmm. Just really exploring that environmentalism message. It's less like um well, I guess it does, it is pretty in your face with it. Mm-hmm. But I do like how it just has a natural continuation feel to it. And um, certainly there's a lot of interesting visual communication with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I like how the scenes of this as well. Crash, do you have any thoughts? Um, <laughs> not really to think about it, but it did kind of remind me. I don't know if that was intentional, but with the, mm-hmm. the aliens, they keep talking about how they're coming here. Everyone against mm-hmm. them. It's for war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, does, does that have a thematic element? 
I I de I definitely say so. Like they want because they because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because 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 their idea of peace is to forcibly <laughs> subjugate the earth. It's basically it's basically it's basically the same thing as the Zillions, but trying to dress it up yeah. as like something that's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do wonder if it's some kind of political message because nineteen seventy two seventy two that would have been around the time the Vietnam War was going on. That is a good point, actually. One of one of one of the I guess thematic elements that I extracted from the film itself was it felt more of like a in an internal critique of of kind of where the Godzilla series was at, um, especially mm -hmm. during the beginning, and kind of it, it felt almost like in your face about it too. Um, kind mm -hmm. of talking about how we have to rehash these ideas and always having to think of things to kind of entertain, you know, the kids. It almost felt like a kind of like a direct, uh, maybe not middle finger. That's that feels way too extreme, but I don't know, maybe like mm -hmm. a call out of sorts. I could see it because, like, I discussed, like, we discussed um, uh, in our Ebra episode with Fukuda. Fukuda did not like his Godzilla <laughs> films. So I could see that. And Fukuda was of the mindset that Godzilla shouldn't have had sequels. So I, I, I could see him do some subtle, like, Toho, fuck off <laughs> in there. Because I, I could see it. Especially because you have, um like, the, like, like the exact shooting down mm -hmm. um the main the main character's ideas and he's like these suck go go give me right. something else and then of course you have you have godzilla tower which is just a hollow imitation of godzilla at this point just mm -hmm. for kids that's kind of interesting to read into yeah see that that's kind of i if, if any type of thematic thing that i extracted from this film was definitely that it like i said it felt more of like an internal critique of the godzilla franchise and where it was at during this period and maybe some of the people that weren't entirely sure where the kind of series should be going or if the series should mm -hmm. be existing at all yeah i i could definitely see that from Fakuda because if you read his interview <laughs> not <that> happy <laughs> Yeah, way harsher than, for example, Shiro mm. Honda or Yoshimitsu Bano, who were who are two other Showa directors. Of course, Honda being being the big director, and then Bano with Adora, both had a much more positive view on Godzilla continuing. Right. Then, then well, Fukuda did. Well, this film obviously like resonated with audiences because it. I mean, it had a budget of one point two million and did twenty million, mm -hmm. which is kind of insane mm -hmm. it definitely kept the franchise mm -hmm. going for a bit even if then in 1975 you have that collision course but i'll talk about that in that episode so you could see why toho was still relying on godzilla when they were in their worst grades financially which was the 70s for them right right one of the things I was thinking about as well is a kind of more story based, not not so much on the theme is, you know, mm -hmm. uh, typically in media, we often talk about like the 20 or 30 year cycle, right, where we tend yeah. to reinterpolate or remake or kind of homage um, themes and pieces of media from 20, 30 years back. And you can think of that right yeah. now with kind of the surge of like 80s or even 90s influence that's coming back in media 
Um, and yeah. like even thinking about kind of the plot line in this, it feels almost like this homage or kind of love letter to like, um, like 1950s era science fiction, um, you know, kind yeah, of like I, I, I invasion of the body snatcher style, even though that was 70s still, but like, um, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like the campy science fiction alien invaders storyline. Yeah, I could definitely see it because this is really, um, the because this is all this was only the third ever alien alien invasion film for Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of what really brought it back into the forefront again. So I could see it. Definitely. Crash or tons. Do you have any thoughts on on what me and Anthony had just been going back and forth on? <laughs> uh, no, I agree. It definitely kind of has, it has that really kind of classic sci-fi feel too. It's the notion of mm-hmm. you know, can, obviously the aliens are there. And then suddenly get a get the word. You know, I guess, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it has that very pulpy kind of sci-fi feel. Yeah, it does. Mystery aspect. <laughs> I would. Yeah. And and um. Oh, I was sorry. Go. Just randomly, I thought how how beautiful or gorgeous it would be. I would love to see someone to kind of recreate the poster or a scene from this, but as like an old pulp, like science fiction novel, like Flash Gordon or something like that. That <laughs> oh, would be, that would be so really funny. cool. It would be. And for some random trivia, which I forgot to mention with Guy Gan, um, he technically was supposed to ha- have a laser, but they ran out of money. <laughs> Poor Guy I know, right? His laser does show up later, though, and it's, and it's in the game. Nice, too. nice. So not only, like, chainsaw body and just <laughs> a laser. Overkill. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate kill. Plus, plus his sickle right. claws on his hands yep. and feet. <laughs> It's a good thing he's always been called Blade because I don't think he'd do much. I don't think he'd do well in anything else. He's pretty much has no purpose besides <laughs> yeah, to kill. Off the job to he'd be a great alien like, butcher. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. He would be. Okay, there you go. You're already finding opportunities. For yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's why, like I said, um, when Gigan and Kingadora get freed from the mind control, and I'm just, I'm just like, like Gigan, I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am. <laughs> All I know is I must kill. <laughs> Which and, and that's just really fun. A guy gets just such a fun loser. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> oh, that sounds so mean. <laughs> yeah. He slices guys. Yeah. But this movie also, I do want to mention though. This movie is so fucking brutal. Oh, and yeah. That, I wanted to talk about that, too, because I, I mentioned earlier, like, kind of the juxtaposition of, like, you know, it's this very campy, fun, kind of almost pulpy science fiction monster movie. And then kind of near the final act of the film, like, it's all dark, like, you know, Godzilla's bleeding and gushing blood and, yeah. you know, things are blowing up. Gigan's just walking through explosions. I'm like, did, did like Godzilla just jump into a Terminator film? What's happening? <laughs> like what's going on? Oh yeah. For sure. And the, for sure. um, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go on. Go on. Go, no, go on saying, crash. Yeah, definitely. Like this is the kind of consistent. Uh, especially. Like okay. Oh, okay. Fine enough. Crash. It's really funny that you notice that that's because E.G. Subaraya stopped being involved because it could yeah because because E.G. Subaraya had a rule with his 
Um, uh, Godzilla films that they could not do blood for Godzilla in the hmm. fights. Okay. I'm that not sure sense. why he had that because there was blood in Mothra versus Godzilla. Yeah. I guess it wasn't as like like blood in the gush. Like, mm. like, like still, you know, it's there. Yeah. But yeah, like here, like I said, Gigan flies by and slices his shoulder and there's blood gushing out. I think he almost loses his knife too and he gets shot. He's Yeah, he 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 gets shot in the eye and there's just a big splurt of blood yeah, that comes dude. from it. And Angiris just gets fucking <laughs> beat up the whole time. <laughs> yeah. The enemy finally like use my superpower. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very <laughs> And it, it, it feels too that like Tom, the brutality came out of nowhere, also. Yeah, but it's definitely consistent with Um Hedora last time yeah. as yeah. well because that movie was mm. brutal as hell. It's also the eye contrast because it's like you have the um, more kiddie theme in these later Godzilla movies, but then the, this these ones have way more gore. <laughs> I know, right? And I and it's and it does definitely set the tone for the seventies era compared to the sixties. Like, like something that I kind of have been having thoughts on is that while the Showa era is grouped together, I feel like you could almost break them up more. And I think they're almost in a way grouped just for convenience rather than consistency. Because you have in 1954 Gojira, you have Godzilla again. Those two fit pretty well together. Even if Raids again is not good. <laughs> then in the 60s, you have King Kong versus Godzilla up into like the Straw Monsters that all have that similar seam and feeling. And then you've got um, All Monsters Attack, Terror Mecha Godzilla. And those all have their own feeling as well that fit a more like Silver Agey feeling for Godzilla. And they're kind of just grouped together under the Showa era, despite the fact that these movies came out over the course of 21 <laughs> years. Yeah. It, it's kind of odd thing. You can almost split them up kind of like how Heisei and Millennium are split, mm-hmm. despite yeah. the Malayan movies still being Heisei. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the funny thing, because technically the Millennium films should be Heisei films. Same with um, uh, G2014. Chin and the anime trilogy because those all came out while while, while Emperor Hisei was still in charge, but but those get called Reiwa. It's a basically splitting up Godzilla eras is a complicated topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could probably you know dedicate a whole podcast to it. You probably could <laughs> just just every episode. Here's our new order. <laughs> but Toho makes the makes the decisions. And that it sounds dangerous. Guy. Just like how it, just like how Toho doesn't consider Godzilla 1998 a real Godzilla movie. <laughs> Crab dance. <laughs> At least according to their new Godzilla museum, it doesn't have it there. It's interesting. Oh my god. <laughs> this this is also part of my rating. Why were they swimming for half the film? And Ang Angiris doesn't look like they can swim at all. <laughs> yeah. Poor Angiris just looks like flailing. He's trying he's trying the doggy paddle his way. 
and they get there so late too. Like by that point, yeah, the guy getting the door just fucked everything up. They're like, "Are we here to stop you guys?" It's like, oh shit, we're here. I I think <laughs> like I think I laughed so hard at the end where they're like, "All right, back to the island," and then they hop back in the water, and I was like, "Are you you're really gonna swim for like another hour?" What? <laughs> like that that needs to be you know that they have the like those lo-fi channels where it's just kind of like a thing on repeat it just needs to be godzilla yeah. like in anguirus swimming to you know like uh mf dooms like king ghidra mm. uh remixes like just yeah just that <laughs> like a godzilla lo-fi i love it but but the godzilla water suit is fucking terrifying in this movie <laughs> With the big giant giant yeah, dog, oh, yeah. that yeah. that suit scares me. They make fun of him in the ending song. They get his mm. neck. They say his yeah, they do. So it's rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of, there is one other aspect to do on top of that about this movie. Um, Haruo Nakajima would be who has played Godzilla for pretty much every movie from Go from Gojira, with the exception of Son of Son of Godzilla, where he only did the water scenes. This is his final Godzilla movie playing. Godzilla. Oh wow. So I do think that's something to mention. So what did you guys think of his final turn as Godzilla? Um, he always brings so much charm to Godzilla. <laughs> personality. If, um, he, he, very, he, he keeps all the quality in, in this one, especially during yeah. the final fight. I know, right? He's, he, it's a very nice send-off for him. Especially because he gets the Godzilla victory song at the end too, which I think is a nice touch. Yeah. Um, Crash and Anthony, what, what did you guys think of Haru Nakajima's final stint as always, Godzilla here? He always brings nice banners to Godzilla. Makes him feel like mm-hmm. he's done. Just the way, like the way he does, the hand movements he does, the way he looks yeah. around, the way he stands, posture. They all add, like they all yeah. add to the creature itself. And he did, he's done a great job. Like, he's done it this whole time, right? Um, only a few times. Yep, the, the only time which he didn't do it was in some of Godzilla, where he was where, where he only did the water scenes. Well, I guess that's the only time where he wasn't. I probably doing. noticed when he was gone because you know I'm so used to the way he does mm-hmm. Godzilla. Else, yeah, he did a great job. Anthony, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I I think that he brought a lot of characterization to Godzilla and and continued to, like I think yeah, like he really defined kind of the movement of Godzilla, which I feel is something that a lot of people mm-hmm. maybe don't necessarily think about all too often, but in this kind of took that movement and really like, I don't know, kind of made the most of it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it, it was fun. It was, it was fun seeing Godzilla on screen, which <laughs> it should be. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to start circling thoughts. Mr. Debbie Downer, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I, I've tried to be so positive during this. <laughs> you, you, you've been doing good. You've been doing good, but I, but I have to get your neck for it just because it's so funny to me. Um, uh, Godzilla versus Gigan is kind of this very interesting, fun, almost it feels kind of like a, a pulpy love letter to, to 1950s science fiction. Um, I will say like knowing that it's directed towards a younger audience makes a lot of sense. It's unfortunate Mm -hmm. that corners had to be cut um, when it comes to budget. Mm -hmm. And and it definitely shows throughout the film. Um, There are some odd creative choices that are made like the speech bubbles. Um, 
And then, of course, like the strange juxtaposition and tone, especially from a majority of the film, and then the final act of with blood and, and explosions. Um, Guy Gan is kind of one of the most interesting designs uh, out of a lot of the, uh, you know, Godzilla characters and villains. Um, I will yeah. say, talking with you, uh, all of you have kind of uh, maybe raised my rating a little bit. Um, I. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will say I'll, I'll probably give it maybe a, a solid five, maybe five and a half, you know. <laughs> um, but we got a raise. <laughs> so so good on you, good on you. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think this is one of those films that you're guaranteed a good time nonetheless. Which out of anything else, yeah. you know, is is what a Godzilla film should be. Definitely, Crash. Where would you rank it on on your list? I don't remember. <laughs> you always forget. This is your one job. You always forget. <laughs> I, I well, you're the one who always keeps track. Of it. Really funny to me. Yeah, let me grab it <laughs> for you because you always me. forget your homework. <laughs> but I guess I'll I'll talk about my my close notes for guy. So I mm-hmm. I definitely agree. There's a lot. It does have a kind of chill mm-hmm. feeling. And also, I forgot to mention, mm-hmm. but I feel like I wish Gaiken had more presence. It's called Godzilla vs. Gaiken, yeah. but it also feels more like Godzilla vs. Ghidorah, parentheses, too. Because <laughs> he's just kind of there to assist. <laughs> I wish he had more focus, but mm-hmm. I, I, I just love this movie. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. really like stupid, silly stuff. So like the speech bubbles made me laugh, even if it's dumb. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just brought me such a fun time. I just enjoyed it more. Yeah. All right, Crash, there's your list. Update it. Um, I might put it above Gojira. Honestly, All right. <laughs> Why is Gojira so low? That f- it's nothing personal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. I knew that was going to come up. was great. I just had a lot more fun with you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having me on. See, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, <it's not>. <laughs> Click. <laughs> That's where I dropped <laughs> Okay, Don, what are your closing thoughts on Godzilla vs. Guy Gan? Um, Godzilla vs. Guy Gan. What do I think of it? It's, uh, it's, it's solid. It's fun. Um, I'd probably no uh, recommend it if you're more mm-hmm. of a hardcore Godzilla fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'd recommend to a new but if you like these kinds of movies, you'll like Godzilla vs. Gigan. 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 I can't say his name. can We've been saying his name right G-Gan. the entire time. Oh. All right. Um, For my close on to Godzilla vs. Gigan, this is a film I have a lot of nostalgia for. So I always enjoy revisiting it. It definitely has that feeling of childhood for me because it's one I used to watch a lot too. It's because I really enjoyed it. Um, I just have a lot of fun with it. It has a fun human cast, decent monster action. I love Guy again. I love Angiris. I King Ghidorah is my favorite Godzilla villain, so I tend to enjoy the stuff he's in. It's just a really fun watch. I'd agree with Ton that maybe it's not the best for casuals <laughs> or newbies unless you're like Crash and you love really dank stuff. <laughs> yeah. Then, then absolutely this one's for you but yeah um thank you anthony for having us on where can where can people for for coming on with us <laughs> <Good God>. anthony 
Anthony, where can both people find you? Yeah, of you? course. Um, I'm on Twitter at AM Darrington. You can chat movies with me there and see me kind of yell mm-hmm. at our current world um, <laughs> and occasionally make some very funny movie commentary. Um, and of course, mm-hmm. you can find me at Something Ghoulish, uh, somethingghoulish.com. You can check out some of the phenomenal uh, kaiju, sci-fi, and horror editorials we feature there. Um I must mm. say, while I'm on here, um, you know, I, I have to humble brag a little bit that uh, I'm, I'm so happy that we have you, Faye, um, uh, at our Aww. website. Uh, you you put out such phenomenal pieces, and they're very Thank they're very you. transparent. They're very honest, um, mm-hmm. and they're very fun. And and sometimes they can be very mm-hmm. sassy, which I appreciate too. Um, so yeah, I. There's no shortage of uh, monstrous fun over at Something Ghoulish. So, and mm-hmm. you can follow us wherever yep. you find social media as well. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to do my clothes off every single time. Like it's a fucking radio <laughs> show, even though we're not a radio show. So thank you for listening to episode 12 of the Godzilla Roundtable. As always, this was on Godzilla vs. Geiger from 1972. Next time we'll be doing Godzilla vs. Megalon. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, until next time, have a good night, everyone, and thank you for listening.